Hi, we are the Fantasy Football Fanatics. My name is Duncan, and this week I'm joined by Gary in Yorkshire, Andy in Tokyo. Uh, welcome, guys. This is the this is the pod for real Mavericks. We've got the two most Maverick managers in our little pod pod circle, um, so I'm looking forward to this one. Being a bit of a dullard myself, and it's been a week of controversial penalties in the Premier League. So my first question to you guys is: I'm the goalkeeper. The crowd is baying for blood behind me. Um, how are you going to beat me from the penalty spot? Gary, what is your penalty technique of choice? Um, I think I'm going to channel Kevin Pressman against Wolves in the 90s and just run up to it like it's a goal kick and well it as hard as I can in the corner. <laughs> and uh, there's a high probability it will go over the bar, but there's zero probability that you'll save it. So it's all on me if it misses, but I'm taking the goalkeeper out of the equation. I mean, you, you're probably taking the goalkeeper out if if you hit it at the goalkeeper. He's going into the net with it, right? Yeah, that, that's the approach. Like, pretend it's a dead ball and just run up and welly it. Nice. The keeper approach. What about you, Andy? How are you going to beat me? You're the goalkeeper, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, well, okay. Yeah, you could easily beat me. I'm saying it's a really good goalkeeper then. That's a really good goalkeeper. Okay, so I was going to say, <laughs> if, if it's against you, then it's a very different technique from against a professional goalkeeper, I think. <laughs> All right. If it's a pro, then uh, I'm going to go probably with a Penenka on the grounds um, that um, probably they'll dive quite far and not be able to get back to it, which is definitely the worst technique against you because you're much more likely to be near the middle of the goal after you've dived. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to dive that far, that's for sure. <laughs> okay, yeah, my, te- my technique is going to be a, a Paul Pogba but the extreme version of the pull pocket. So the really small steps, really long time run up, but maybe maybe four times the length of Paul Pogba. So everyone gets bored. The commentator starts talking about something else. The goalkeeper's really, really like losing concentration. And then wham, you hit it. That's my plan. Like like Zaza in that Euro <laughs> ages ago. Yeah. Straight over the bar, yeah. <laughs> That's bloody what happened. <laughs> <laughs> nice one guys well um game week 17 was it no game week 16 um andy how was your game week 16 i am pretty mediocre i was quite excited when i went to sleep the night before because it seemed like um with tottenham not playing and um only one of my team being a doubt in foden um i was quite excited about getting a full team the only one to get a full team out and having a really good week um as it turned out um Foden came up, Foden was benched, Jota was injured, so also benched. Um, Laporte did actually play and got a clean sheet, so I can't complain about that. Um, but yeah, I got my uh, my attacking players really didn't return. Uh, Foden, Sancho, Jota, and Benteke all didn't return. So um, I ended up with a, a total of 53. And I'm really starting to tie myself in knots with this team. Like I, I keep making changes and you know, like I like it at the start of the week, and by the end of the first week after the changes, I hate it again. So I'm not very happy with my team at the moment. It's a tricky position when you're trying to catch people. You can't just bring in the obvious picks, can you? So it's, yeah, it's it's a lot harder. And, and when I do, being... they get injured. Like I bring an obvious pick like Jota that everyone else has got. And guess what? It just curses Jota. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How about you, Gary? Um, so yeah, not not too bad this this week. Um, so yeah, I went for Salah as captain, which was the obvious choice. But sometimes the obvious choice is right, and I got 
a few nine pointers from Alexander Arnold and from Brian and Buemo, who I've, I've persevered with all season, waiting for him to come good. Uh, to, he got a couple of eight pointers early on, but he's done nothing um, for two months. So I'm glad I eventually um, come good for with that late penalty. And yeah, overall, I think 69 points. So yeah, or an all right week, um, but nothing special. Within Buemo, um, he's he's got an assist in his last game, a goal this game week. Are you going to stick with him now? He's got some tough fixtures coming up. Um, yeah, I think I'll stick. I think I'll stick with him because, yeah, he's. I mean, five point five million, and he's playing up front. So my 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 theory was that he's going to get like I don't know seven or eight goals this season. And that for a midfielder would be, except for a 5.5 million midfielder, would be an exceptional return. Um, I, I think all I'll do is I'll, I'll I'll just sub him out for the Man City game. Uh, I'm not sure about the Man United game. Brentford might have a chance in that one. And the others, some tricky fixtures coming up, but Southampton and Brighton away. I, I think Brentford are the kind of team that might, he's the kind of player as well that might do be good on the counter-attack. So, so yeah. Um, yeah, when, the, yeah, in the next seven weeks, eight, eight, eight weeks, there's Man City, Liverpool, Man City again. So I'll just bench him for those games, I think. But I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to stick with him all season. That's my plan. I think it's a good one. And it's cheap enough to bench. So yeah, not a bad shot at all. Um, for me this week, I took the opportunity to restructure a bit, correct some potential mistakes that I made. So I took an eight-point hit mainly because I thought quite a few people would be taking lots of hits with the Tottenham game and Ivan Tony having coronavirus and a few other injuries here and there. Um, so minus eight, and I still couldn't field 11 because I didn't didn't have the heart to get rid of Sanchez and goal. I just thought a minus 12 was too mental. It turns out it would have been a good move because if I bought in Ramsdale or De Gea, they both would have got a massive haul. So that's a bit gutting, but um there you go apart from that 60 points minus eight so 52 i'm steadily losing my my lead i had at the top of the lead uh top of the league and being caught up by people and i feel like i think i mentioned this to you guys already we're going to talk about um template breakers players under the radar who we can kind of break out from the template because i made my transfers this week and I had a front line of Ronaldo, Antonio and King with a minus eight. And I looked at Ben's team and it was almost exactly the same transfers. I looked at my brother's team, almost exactly the same transfers. So for us, very template dull players, it's getting a little bit obvious. And I've got quite a low team value, I think, in comparison to those guys. So I've got the template, but a lesser version, you know, like in Buemo instead of I don't know, um, Bernardo Silva, something like that, and Dallo instead of Tomiyasu, and no Ramsdale, just Sanchez. So I think if I stick with the template, I'm going to be caught and left behind. So that's why I'm going to ask you guys about some differential picks and maybe differential mindset, maverick mindset as well. <laughs> well, we're talk talking of having your board because everyone has the same three strikers. So I just checked... Um, so my strike force at the moment is um, is Puki and Jesus, and, and I checked Andy's team, and he's got Benteke playing up front on his own. So I, I think we it's not it's not helped either of us. They've not done very well, but uh, <laughs> we were definitely different. <laughs> but 
for you, Gary, you've have you got the highest score in our little mini league between us this this week? I'd say. Um, uh, if you take Ben's massive points penalty off, I think I have. Yeah, yeah, and it's um, very different. Oh, no, John, John, no, John's beating us. Yeah. Oh, John's got eighty-four. Got eighty-four, okay. despite having Kane in his team. And probably not remembering to make yeah, him. Yeah, he's only had ten right? players, but he's yeah, he's got um, he's right. yeah. Dennis up front on his own has probably beaten all our strikers combined. You know? <laughs> yeah. I'd like to think that um, if John had looked at his team, he would have benched Gallagher like I did. Um, but who's to say? Okay, should we have a look at some topics then? So should we kick off with the uh, the template breakers? Um, so with you two being the Mavericks that you are. I was going to throw some potential players at you and I don't know if they are Maverick. They're just my idea of Maverick players. They not might not be yours. Um, so I wanted to see if you thought they were viable shouts over the next few weeks. Um, I think they're, they're all fairly low on a shot. Um, so the first up is James Madison. So he's kind of got a little patch of form. Leicester... Um, destroying Newcastle that's not that fantastic I mean a lot of teams have done that but in the last four games three goals four assists and he's starting to get 90 minutes so what do you reckon Andy I'll come to you first um I I think Madison is a bit of a a streaky player which uh, means that if he's in a bit of a run of form now like on the one hand like he, this could be his streak that goes on for a while. But on the other hand, it could just end tomorrow. So I've never really trusted him. Um, so And also, Leicester have been pretty bad this season, with the exception of a couple of games like this one. And against Man U, like when they're really terrible teams, they, they seem to still show their class. But um, they haven't been the Leicester of previous seasons. So yeah, I, I would be... I would stay away from Madison, I think. What's his value? Let me just check. It's like 6.7. I think he's going up tonight. So might be 6.8 soon. I think there are better options out there at that price. With the with the whole like Maverick thing, I'm, <laughs> I have no idea how it works, but I essentially <laughs> think... Because <laughs> I just do what basically I'm told to do by other experts, clearly. That's why I'm so bored of it. But like... You, what I, I kind of feel is looking for players like I did before this pod. It's basically bringing in players that have a big risk. Like Madison is the risk because, like you say, he could lose form really quickly, or he could be dropped out of the team. But like, I'm pretty sure all these players I'm going to throw at you have some kind of risk to them, and if they didn't, then they wouldn't be differentials. So, do you think Madison's not worth the risk? Is that is that it? Yeah, I th- I, it's not. If, if there was nobody else at that price, then he wouldn't be a bad pick. I just think that there's other options that you'd be, unless you've got an entire team of six point eight, six point nine million players, and you still need yet another one. Then buy yeah. Madison, but that's unlikely. Okay, what do you reckon, Gary? Well, well, coming back to your question on how does the Maverick think, I, I think <laughs> um, like one one of the things is um, I think there's this line in Blackadder where um, like Lord Melcher is furious about the, the top secret plan being revealed and, and, and Blackadder goes of what, walking over the trenches very, very slowly towards the enemy. 
And, and he goes, yes, we, because it failed the last 13 times, the last thing they will expect is for us to, to do exactly the same thing again. And I'd, that's probably the way I'm... I've now got into a mindset like a player like Dennis. Like, because I didn't pick him at the start, and I don't really like Watford very much... I'm just blind. I'm just going to hope that he fails now and I will never change my mind and will not pick him. So I will always look to pick somebody else other than Dennis. So it's often a bit um, convoluted. Um, Madison's a funny one because I actually, I I was weighing up. He was one of the, I I brought in two midfielders this week and I ended up going for Grealish and Mount and Madison was the third one in my calculation. And obviously I would have got a lot more points if I'd brought in Madison. Um, I think the slightly tricky thing is he's got Tottenham, then Everton, which isn't bad. Um, But then after that, he's got Man City away and Liverpool at home. So um, you you might, you basically, I I wouldn't expect him to get much from those two games, as we say. I don't think Leicester are that good this year. Um, So, yeah, his fixtures either side of Man City and Liverpool look decent, but it's just whether you want to carry someone for, for game week 19 and 20. Fair enough. Okay. I think the next one is is for you, Gary, because it's who you just mentioned. One of the players you did bring in is Mason Mount. Um, so he, let's have a little look here, Mount. He's very similar to Madison in that he's suddenly hit a run of form. So in the last three games, three goals, two assists. And I mean, the caveat to that is very similar to Madison. In the last three games, he's played 90. Before that, he hasn't hit 90 in five games so um why did you go for madison sorry mount um well i think i think mount is one of those players who generally is going to play a lot of minutes i I think he was maybe i mean quite a few of the players from the euros have been struggling with a few like niggling injuries and a bit of burnout so so i think that's why he was rested but but i think he is a bit of a favorite and he does play quite a bit so um and then chelsea obviously one of the best three teams in the league going to be scoring a lot of goals but not from their striker so um it I, I think if you can get a Chelsea player midfielder or or wing back who's starting they're a good bet and I think Mount 7.6 million is a very good price so um yeah I think he's got a lot going for him and he's got some nice fixtures uh the next four weeks uh Chelsea have a very tough new year Liverpool and Man City but I mean Chelsea are a good team they could they could win any any of those games but but yeah I mean Everton, Wolves, Villa, Brighton it looks quite friendly for them the next four games and he's he seems to have added goals to his game as well rather than popping up you know once in a blue moon he's now three in a row yeah well I mean so he got he got seven goals two seasons ago and six goals last season so he's always got a few um, but yeah I think now Chelsea are a better team, so they'll just be scoring more goals. And the, the, go- the goal he scored, um, uh, was it at West Ham? Was it he just ran onto it and side-footed a, a volley into the top corner? Like, he, yeah, I think he's in really good form. So, um, so yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd definitely have Mounts up on the, li- on the list of players to watch. So that's yeah. six goals for him already this season after his hat-trick and the three in the last three. So, yeah, he, he looks yeah. like he's going to out- have his best goal-scoring season um, quite easily, right? Yeah, he's got, he's got six goals. And, oh, he's got six goals and five assists, and he's only started about seven, about eight or nine games this season. So, so yeah, if he plays, he looks a good bet. 
Another thing about Mount that you haven't mentioned is that since Chilwell's been injured, he's been taking the left-sided corners. And obviously, um, Rudiger and Thiago Silva score a lot of headers from corners. So I think that's a, uh, until Chilwell's back, that's an opportunity too. Yeah, definitely. It's always good to have a set piece with your cheaper players. So next up is a defender. And this defender is in the last two game weeks and even in the last four game weeks, he is the top scoring defender for expected goal involvement. So that's goals or assists. And he's up there with all the kind of top midfielders. Um, and that's Andy Robertson. So we were all, well, I'm not sure. All, I was definitely a bit mean about John having big at the back and going for Trent and Robertson when Robertson was out of form. But he's coming to form now. Lots of um, attacking returns recently. Um, what do you reckon to him, Andy? Is that really breaking the template, Andy Robertson? <laughs> like, well, like, he's for him. He's he's three percent owned. So so it is weirdly interesting because kind of uh, him and Trent are kind of FPL royalty, right? Like they've been kind of really really big picks for the season. But I guess his form's been really bad this season. I mean, um, it's pretty difficult to get him and Trent in the team, right? And I think you're mad not to have Trent. But if you're if you're going to do what what John's done and uh, and have them both, then I think it's a really good idea. Like um, I, yeah, I would I would I would pick him if you've got the money. Who would you? I, 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 I don't feel like it, I, again explaining what Maverick is. I don't think it's particularly Maverick picking him though. Okay, that's a little slight there to John. Little dig. I like it. Um, so who would you pick, Yotta or Robertson? Um. Well, right now I have Jota. Um, You've answered the question. <laughs> and the, yeah, but the, the reason for that is more because there are lots of really, really good defenders that are scoring lots of points at the moment. Um, so my, my, my back line at the moment, I'm playing the back five most weeks. I've got James Cancelo, Alexander-Arnold, Tommy Asu and Laporte. And all of them are returning at like, most weeks. So the upgrade from, say, Laporte to Robertson would be an extra two million which is a lot of money. So um, I feel like I'm doing better not having him than I would be having him. Yeah, I kind of agree with the money's the issue there, isn't it? What do you reckon, Gary? Um, I mean, the, yeah, it, it depends if you have... I mean, I think a lot of players will have three Liverpool because they're, the, they're one of the best three teams in the league, but they don't rotate. Um, so it's just a case of which three you go for. So, I mean, I've gone Van Dijk, Alexander-Arnold and Salah. Um, and I think so far it's paying off because Van Dijk's a bit cheaper than Robertson and he's got more points. Um, but but yeah, Robertson, if if you don't, for whatever reason, if you can't afford Alexander-Arnold or you don't want Van Dijk, um, Robertson has is, is got more potential to get assists. He should have had a penalty, shouldn't he, this week? But um, yeah, he, he didn't quite. The, the ref missed it. But yeah, he's a good player. Um, but yeah, he's a bit meh as well. You, you don't always... Uh, um, you, you don't always think uh, it's really exciting. Um, speaking of not very exciting pick, what about David De Gea? Uh, what do you reckon, Andy? Oh no, high on my sorry. list. He's high. Okay, this is yeah. Cool. I really want him. Um, I've decided not to pull the trigger this week for two reasons. The first one is Sanchez is playing against. Uh, who's he got this week? Um. Sanchez has got Wolves this week without without Jimenez because of his amazing sending off. So um, 
I'm not going to pull the trigger this week on that. But next week, I am probably going to transfer in a Manu defender or goalkeeper. I'm trying to choose between Dallo, Tellez and De Gea. Um, Dallo's cheaper. De Gea makes a lot of saves and Tellez takes free kicks. I'm kind of trying to weigh up which is the right one, but I think De Gea's a great fit. Makes, he made so many saves in the last two games and got clean sheets. Like, seems to be really hitting form at the moment. Kind of seems like the perfect triangle you want for an FPL goalkeeper. It's like good fixtures for a long time, defence that's doing well but isn't perfect, and a keeper that makes a hell of a lot of saves. Yeah, that's it. And he invites saves as well. He doesn't come claim. claim. He prefers to like save the header as he's claiming the cross, right? So oh, yeah. <laughs> he just invites saves on himself. What do you reckon, Gary? Um, I, I'm not sure about as a goalkeeper. If you've got, a, if you've currently got a five million goalkeeper who's not doing it, then yeah, De Gea is a good choice. But you can probably get a four point five million goalkeeper who's around about the same standard um really who because i've got sanchez and i'm struggling with ramsdale and yeah i got sanchez he's got 50 points so far this season de gea's got 66 so oh but de gea hang on hang on hang on you got you've got to start measuring de gea from when rangnick took over because the whole thing was a complete shambles until solskjaer left you look at him since solskjaer even if you include the carrick period since solskjaer left i think he looks like a, a much better pick Mm. I mean, the, the one thing I would say is looking at Manu's fixtures, you should be trying to get Manu players in your team, which is not, most of us won't have many Manu players at the moment. Um, I think Manu might struggle away at Brentford on Tuesday night, but then after that, their fixtures are absolutely lovely. I mean, they've got um, they've got a run of, their, ne- their next six games, four of them at home, and one of the away fixtures is at Newcastle. So, um, so Brighton, Burnley, Wolves, West Ham are all at home, Newcastle away. So what the hardest fixture they've got coming up was well, Villa away, West Ham at home, but that's not till the middle of January. They've got, they've got four perfect fixtures after Brentford away. Um, so I would be looking at Manu, but not necessarily De Gea, I think. It's just, you know he's going to play, don't you? He's He's the first name that you can be most sure of under the new manager, it seems. Because Henderson's just out of the picture now and De Gea's on fire. What do you but reckon to sure. the double up? Yeah, even maybe. I'm, I'm not sure he's going to be doing as many saves in some of those home games, though. Um, but Man U against Norwich, he made, what was it, like five saves? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's it. And against Newcastle, you've got Wilson and some Maxim, man. They, they're going to get a few chances, aren't they? I, um, I'm, just, I'm just looking at Man U's home games this season so far. So Leeds, two saves. Newcastle, two saves. Villa, two saves. Everton, one save. Liverpool, three saves. Lost 5 nil. Maybe should have saved a few more. Um, <laughs> Man City, five saves. Well, that's Man City. Arsenal, five saves, but he let that's two Arsenal. in. That's Arsenal. That's Arsenal. And yep. Crystal Palace, two saves. So okay. I, I think... I think it's a bit counterintuitive with goalkeepers. You almost want them for the trickier away fixtures, but for the home fixtures... You'd probably want your attacking fullback rather than your goalkeeper. So, what do you reckon to Dallo, Andy? I'm going to throw that to you. Is he an attacking yeah. fullback? He used to be an attacking player, right? He is an attacking fullback. Um, he loves to uh, cut in from the right and shoot with his left. He's really bad at shooting with his left. <laughs> um, so, you would normally sort of see him 
once or twice a game, he'll cut in and like pass the ball to the goalkeeper with his left foot. Um, he's he's an attacking player and he's cheap. So getting a, uh, I think I also think he's less likely to get rotated than Tellez would be, because Wambasaka is so horrendously off form and is less what Rangnick seems to want out of a fullback than Shaw is. So I think uh, if you get it, like I'm, it, it's a difficult thing I think between Dallo and Tellez. Tellez I think is actually a better player, more likely to return when he's on the pitch. Dallo is cheaper and less likely to get dropped. So there's your depends what you need them choice. for, right? Okay, next up it is the player who is top of the expected um, goal involvement over the last two game weeks of all players, and it's Raheem Sterling. Um, so he's, I feel like uh, you mentioned it with Mount Gary, how you know players returning from the Euros struggling slightly with fitness and burnout and stuff like that, and I feel like Guardiola has done this with players before, big players. He's just kind of not really played them that much until suddenly Christmas. It's almost like a new signing. He just pulls Raheem Sterling out his hat and it's three goals in the last five games, uh, an assist in there as well, 11 points this week. Um, what do you reckon to that, Gary? I mean, he's got everything going for him except the price, hasn't he? 10.6 10. million. He's just a big big asset, a big burden if he, if he, doesn't, uh, if he doesn't start. I, I mean, I think... Just looking at my new fixtures, I've kind of half talked myself in my head into getting Rashford in based on that um, or Greenwood. But but I mean, I think if you've got the budget for Sterling, um, but yeah, I, I think, I don't know, it's, it's so hard with City, isn't it? I mean, I'm looking at their, their midfielders. You, you could make a case for any of them. Bernardo, Gundogan, Sterling, Foden, uh, Grealish, Mares, De Bruyne, who's coming back to fitness. It, it's just, there's a lot of games coming up. And I think Sterling, if he plays 90 minutes, he'll be good. But will he be rotated? That's the only risk. Um, yeah. I, I kind of feel like he might be a good pick as a replacement for Salah when Salah goes away to the African Cup of Nations. So that's, I can kind of, this was going to be another topic, but it's not really a topic. It's just to mention it. Um, I was looking at the dates of that this week and it's pretty soon, to be honest. It could start in game week 19 for I think just for Man United and Newcastle it could be as early as that for that just that fixture in game week 19 um but it's game week 20 to potentially game week 24 um with the main bulk of it potentially affecting 21 to 23 and for the problem is for Man City in 21 22 it's Arsenal away Chelsea at home and I know it's Man City they're going to going to beat Arsenal quite handily I'm sure but Chelsea at home's not so great so maybe not I'm just thinking maybe he'd be a nice because we've got to replace Salah with someone for those games unless we leave a 12 million or 13 million pound player on our bench um but yeah maybe right. not until then I feel like ten, like, like Gary said 10.6 million is a lot of money to spend on Pep Roulette um like if you, could, if you do that you could end up with a 10.6 million player just not playing or playing you know the last two minutes of the game um, I think you'd be better off going for somebody like Bruno, who's guaranteed to play with that money. Um, Bernardo. Yeah, that'd be my chance. Okay. Um, so that's a no, a big no to Raheem. Okay, it's fair enough. Okay, Jorginho. I'm just going to quick fire these at you now. Jorginho, <laughs> Gary. 
No. <laughs> Andy? <laughs> um, yeah, no. <laughs> okay, that's good. Okay, this is this is one close to my heart. Tierney, two 12-pointers in a row, two assists in a row. Okay, not two clean sheets in a row, but he was subbed off before Everton scored two. So technically two clean sheets in a row. 4.7. Gary? Yeah, 4.7. I'd go for it. Um, yeah, yeah I, th- I think that's good value. Um, let me just... The one caveat would be his fixtures, which aren't looking too great. West Ham leads away. Norwich away. Hmm. Fixtures have slightly put me off, but yeah. What about injuries going into Christmas? Tierney, fixture congestion. Um, yeah. I don't think we have to worry too much about injury-prone uh, prone players. If, if they get injured, we can just sub them out. So, um, yeah. That's the That's... maverick mindset. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Andy, Tierney, talk to me. Um, why was Tavares playing before? Is he going to come back? Uh, he was playing because Tierney wasn't fit. And he's always waiting in the wings to cut in and shoot calmly on his right foot into the keeper's hands. I went with um, Dallow in first He is Dallow reincarnated. He's like a younger, more enthusiastic version of Dallow. Um, but he's good fun. He's a really good fun attacking player. But he, he is definitely, I would say, a risk to play some games over Christmas when they're really close together. Um. I think that, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't pick Tierney. I, I, I disagree with Gary on the injury thing. I think his, I, I, it, there are some players who just get injured a bit. Tierney gets injured a lot. I think he's more likely to get injured than not. So I wouldn't pick him for that reason. Do you guys have any that I can't even comprehend looking for Maverick picks out there? Is there any I haven't covered? Yeah, there's de- there's definitely there's well there's there's two from the same team, but I don't know which one of them to go for. Um, so although actually looking by the team's own by, they're not too maverick. Well, the most maverick is Jared Bowen, seven percent. Um, but I think I think West Ham again they got Arsenal away, then they've got some lovely fixtures, and I think um, yeah they they just seem to be playing really well at the moment. West Ham and Bowen. Um, yeah, goal and assist against Chelsea recently. I think he's he's always been a good goal, prolific goal scorer as Bowen. Um, his problem was last season he wasn't playing a full ninety minutes, but this season he's played ninety minutes more often than not. So um, I'd be very tempted by Bowen. Uh, they also have Ben Rama and Fornals at six million, which is very cheap uh, if they're going to play. Uh, ben Rama's gone off the boil a little bit, but he's he's usually a very productive attacking midfielder too. So I'd have a look at West Ham. On Bowen, the problem is Ben's just brought him in already. So that means he's now been labelled as non-Maverick because Ben is the anti-Maverick. Um, or maybe maybe he's been chatting to you offline, Gary. But um, that's one of the topics coming up, so I can kind of go into that now. Is oh, the West Ham... Oh, sorry. Sorry. Uh, I've got some Maverick pigs for you. Okay, throw... I'm going to get my moment in the sun. Okay. <laughs> there's, there's Maverick and then there's Andy. <laughs> his new level of maverick okay throw them at me we'll see but early wing backs something like that first right? one is uh, <laughs> um the first one is john mcginn who seems to be quite a central part of stephen gerrard's attacking plan with 
with Aston Villa. Um, so he is priced at 5.8. Um, so I think he's a pretty good pick. What do you guys think of that? Has he scored any goals recently? I mean, is it so maverick that he doesn't even have form? He does have form. Come oh, on. Three goals this season, yeah. Good yeah, he scored in game week 13. Um, he got an assist in game week 15. And he's just always everywhere on the pitch. So I think yeah, that, that's where I, the idea is coming from. He also has the strongest backside in the Premier League as well. And he uses it well. There's no one going to get around that. The Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank Award. <laughs> <laughs> Arse of the year. And, okay. That's, that is the most maverick shout that I have heard in a long time. I love it. I'm not going to go there, but I love it. Any more, Andy? Yeah, last one. I, I, I've narrowed it down to two. Um, you mentioned De Gea at 5.1. The other 5.1 goalkeeper you could go for is uh, Wolves' is Saar. Wolves have, I mean, you've obviously benefited, Duncan, from having um, a Wolves defender. He's done, got you a lot of clean sheets. Um, Saar makes, I think, a fair number of saves. Um, he his recent uh, returns, although he's only got three and four in his last two games before that against West Ham, Norwich, and Burnley, got eight, ten, and six. And then obviously Liverpool, Man City. So goalkeepers don't return in those games. But um, yeah, last last three returnable games were eight, ten, and six. And his fixtures coming up are kind of perfect for a goalkeeper and a good defence. Like Arsenal away, there's lots of save potential there. Man United away. Again, they're not terrifying teams, but there's going to be a lot of shots. Chelsea at home, a lot of defenders from corners probably scoring against him. But still, yeah, that's that's not a bad shout. A little bit of competition in the five million bracket. I like it. Okay, um, yeah, let's let's talk West Ham. So Ben's already gone there, I think. Bowen and Antonio. Uh, is the West Ham attack up to doubling up? Is it good enough for that? Fixtures are great, like. Gary said, but they blanked against Burnley. They're, they're making some big results, but they kind of follow up those big results with a kind of dud, kind of less inspiring nil-nil against Burnley. Mm. So what do you reckon, Gary? I think, well, yeah, I think West Ham are an interesting one. I think the tricky part of that is Antonio, because it, it, very quietly he's gone off the boil. He's had seven games, 90 minutes each game, and he's, all he's got for it is one assist. Um, so, but then, I mean, he's got Norwich, Southampton, Watford, Palace. So after they play Arsenal, I'd maybe hold off one more week for the for the West Ham players and then bring them in. Um, yeah, bring bring them in for that for that run after the Arsenal game. Um, I don't know. I feel like Arsenal might be the perfect kind of fix. You know how they beat Chelsea? Like they can't bring themselves to beat Burnley, but Arsenal following on from that I feel like it might be kind of perfectly set up for them mm. I think yeah, West Ham's but... a good team like I don't think I think they're a better team than Arsenal so I backed them to beat Arsenal and if they're going to beat Arsenal Warner Bowen Ben Rama you know um, maybe not Antonio at the moment but one of those attacking players is going to score Lanzini's got a few recently like seems likely that somebody's one of those players is going to get the goal would you double up, Andy? I'm not sure I would because one of them has got to be Antonio and I would want to see something indicating he's going to start returning again before picking him. 
Yeah, that's kind of fair enough. It's annoying because a lot of players like me have held Antonio waiting for these fixtures and then you kind of have to keep him for these fixtures. You can't get rid of him. So last six game weeks for Antonio, expected goal involvement. He's behind Mate Vidra. I'm not even sure Mate Vidra has even played that much. Um, he's behind Chucho at Watford. He's behind Salomon Rondon. He's behind Salomon Rondon, people. <laughs> he scored today. He did. I mean, and that's that's saying something because he hasn't looked like scoring before then. He's behind Neil McKay. Salomon Rondon, the best lone striker in the world, according to Jonathan Wilson. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Got a... Yeah. yeah. If, if right. you like that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. I kind of agree with the the Antonio thing. That's the problem. Bowen's not the problem in the double up. It's Antonio. And it's a nice way if you're behind and trying to catch up and players at the top of the lead have held on to Antonio and can't get rid of him because of the good fixtures, then you can steal the march. So, yeah, fair enough. Um, Matt has a question for us. He's not potting this week, but he's asked, are the Chelsea defence now crap FPL picks? Um, and he says they've been stinking up his defence recently. Um, I, I mean, I would say his Chelsea defenders are the least of his worries, but what, what do you guys reckon? Andy, over to you for Chelsea. I think that Chelsea's defensive woes are strongly linked to their injuries in midfield. So they've had Kovacic and Conte out for a while. Um, Jorginho has been playing with an injury um, and they, they were missing Loftus-Cheek in midweek um, when they shipped three at, in Zenit and Petersburg, is that his everything? Yeah. Not, not a very good Champions League team. So I, I think it all stems from the fact that they're missing all their midfielders. So um, I'm just going to quickly check the expected return dates. So Kovacic is expected back on the 19th of December and Conte, unknown return date. Without, and with Jorginho like playing with an injury and not, not obviously handing goals to the opposition, left, right and centre, I feel like that might go on for a while. It might require Jorginho to take a break in order for that to be kind of undone. Um, so, yeah, I think probably don't get... I think what the, what the, the change is that um, they're still going to get goals from corners from the from you know, Rudiger's and Thiago Silvers. But I think that it means that Reese James and um, with Chilwell injured, Marcos Alonso are having to do a lot more defending and hang back a lot more. Um, so it changes the shape of the side a lot. And obviously Marcos Alonso is not the best defender. So again, that... Uh, that that weakens their defence further. So yeah, I I think it probably if you've got like like Rudiger, I think is probably still going to return with his headers, but James and Alonso perhaps not like you'd expect. What do you reckon, Gary? Well, I, I, I mean, I I think Matt shouldn't be allowed to send questions in without backing them up because it says Chelsea defenders stinking out the place. I got I got nine points from Rudiger, so I don't know what he's. Uh, uh, yeah, he's he's obviously just choosing the wrong Chelsea defenders. That's my, that's my advice. Um, no, I th- I think uh, I think Chelsea defenders are still good. I mean, if you look at the league, Chelsea have only conceded eleven goals in sixteen games, and they have the third best xG against. So so yeah, I'd, and James and um, Alonso. Well, I think is Chilwell back now. Is Chilwell fit again? Nice. No. They were going to give it six weeks, then reassess, and either he's going to be out for six oh, months. Oh, he's out for another month. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, 
the way that James and um, Alonso play as the wing backs, I, I still think they're a very good attacking bet. But I think I think they'll get a few more clean sheets. I think they've they've obviously conceded a few goals, like five, six, seven in the last four games. But I think that's a bit of a um, anomaly. I agree, and I think. Everton and then Wolves in the next two is kind of really nice, it's especially for those wing backs. Um, Everton, you know, not the best attacking team at the moment, missing key players. There's a lot of chances for James and Alonso to get attacking returns. And then Wolves, without Jimenez, um, or even with Jimenez, they just can't score. They're, they're the worst uh, attacking team in the league on form at the moment. So that's almost a guaranteed clean sheet get them back on form so it goes beyond that as well because the the next fixtures away at Villa I think Villa are a more defensive team under Gerrard and then you've got Brighton at home Brighton is quite a good team but quite a defensive team yeah the the thing on the horizon for Chelsea which is um kind of in addition to AFCON those dates I mentioned people will have seen on the the fixture ticker for Chelsea 24-25 those game weeks they're off at the FIFA Club World Cup so that's two game weeks in a row. So maybe it's a reason not to have a double up too close to those fixtures. I mean, they're going to come pretty soon um, with the closeness of the fixtures over December. So that's something to bear in mind. Definitely don't triple up on Chelsea, I would say, because then you're going to be in problem. Um, you're going to be in trouble. Um, okay, so we're thinking Rudiger, get him in. Everyone else, probably fine. What are you panicking about, Matt? It's all good. Get James in, yeah. If you don't have James, I think he's he's still a really good player. Though I see he's got two zeros in a row from ninety minutes, which is which is yeah. great. But he yeah, did he did manage. Michael. I transferred him in. Totally yeah. Michael. He did yeah. manage fifty three points in four games just before that in this spurt. So he was phenomenal, yeah. And I think Alonso as well. Like he's got has he got his first assist since you know he getting back into the team after Chilwell's injury. So, um. If they got a clean sheet in this game, then you know he'd be on for a big score, and Matt would be a lot happier. So, if he sticks with him, then I'm sure he'll get more goals and assists. And no one else has him in our league, so happy days for him. Um, should we have a look at the listeners' league, Andy? Um, do you want to see how people are getting on in the top five? Absolutely. So, big change in the top five is that Finton Hogan has dropped out of the top five for the first time this season. He's been out there for a long time. Um, Top of the league is uh, Lacazette's Gazette, managed by Evan O'Toole, um, followed by Man U underscore BC, is Bev Club, Bev CL's team, CI, That's not sure. Um, before Christ, I think. <laughs> could be. Um, Art of the Hive is in third place, the Art of Die podcast. Um, Are You Gross Dan Me? Ishan Bart's team in fourth, and Mo Leicester City, managed by Daniel Monks, are in fifth place. Um, so congratulations, Evo, too, for your uh, your 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 week second cover of the league. Um, best score this week is nine with it, but two ninety three pointers, uh, one with a minus four hit, one without. So initial defense managed by DH is the top scorer this week. Um, Ramsdale in goal, even with James scoring zero, managed to return ninety three points uh, with Gallagher, Salah, Rudiger, Trent Alexander-Arnold, Ronaldo, and uh, and Dennis. So. A lot of high-scoring players in that team. Um, he's got Bernardo, very interesting players. I've done very well recently as well. I'm kind of jealous of that. So congratulations, DH. 
Meanwhile, bottom of this week is uh, is Wonderland Kimchi Sunstar. Perhaps you should take us through this one, Gary. <laughs> well, I uh, I did speak to the manager of Wonderland Kimchi and recommended uh, perhaps making a few substitutions, but she was determined <laughs> not to. I think Philogene Bidwell is particularly uh, bid Philogene Bidace um, has particularly not come in yet. That, that was a bit of a pun. <laughs> Well, that's that's Maverick. We need to t- chat to Son about this Maverick mindset. Yeah, goalkeeper who hasn't played in a long time in uh, Alex McCarthy, Canate, Vardy, and Son all in the team without playing. She's got Sterling. She's ahead of the game, people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, eleven of seventeen Sterling. So yeah. That's the uh, that's the listeners' league this week. Nice one, thank you very much. And what about your favourite team name? I'm a, I'm a big fan of uh, Lacazette's cassette, cassettes in first place. I think that's a, a lovely little team name. Any other any others to shout out? Um, I'm just looking through it now. Actually, I haven't, I haven't picked one in advance. I, yeah, I failed the homework. I'm afraid. I uh, <laughs> okay. I I've can't. got one. I've got one. Um, Pookie blinders. Yeah, Pookie Blinders is a great name. I saw that one a few weeks ago. That is really good. Uh, that's Pookie Blinders. And whose team is that? Um, Marty Boyle. Um, it's a nice one, Marty. Good team name. Um, I do like the um, Chev Chelios has a, a good 90s video game reference, Streets of Rage. Nice. That is a classic. Um, okay, if if you don't follow us already, give us a follow at FPLFFFanatics. Um, and if you like the show, please rate and review us wherever you listen to us. Um, just leave me to say thank you for your insight, Gary. Thank you, Duncan. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for your insight, Andy. Thank you. It has also been a pleasure for me. And it's been a pleasure for me. <laughs>